Oh, shnikes. Oh, shnikes. Holy smokes. What is going on? We got the band. That's right. We are on, we are on a mission from God. We're on a mission from God. That's right. We got the band back together. <laughs> Holy shit. What is going on? Everybody watching right now. It's your boy Preston. That's right. That's MR guy. Welcome back to the channel. And speaking of, welcome back to the channel. We have up in the hazy, we have Eric, the Asian movie enthusiast. Brother, how are you, my friend? It's doing very well, my friend. Nice to be back. Yeah, man. It's good to see you. And, and below me, that's right. That's right. The werewolf enthusiast. The metal maniac. That's right. From the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast, DJ Anubis. So, Welcome back, brother. I gotta, I gotta blow it up. Hold on a sec. I gotta, I gotta. What is this awesomeness that's all in the background here? Look at that. Look, look at all that. See, that's what that's what I'm talking about. Horror <laughs> and metal combined. That's right. And, and, and speaking of combining powers, you know them, you love them. That's right. Writer, filmmaker, martial artist, Kyle Wong. Not in a thong. You have to pay a little extra for that. Yes, yeah, so subscribe to my OnlyFans later. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Wong, welcome back, brother. Thank you for having me back again. Yes, 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 man. Feet pictures are extra. <laughs> <laughs> You've kind of been on a roll recently, Kyle. We uh, uh, reviewed The Corrupter. Is it underrated? Mm -hmm. We had Bobby Samuels on here talking about some awesome behind-the-scenes uh, experiences, which kind of segue to this this wasn't planned my my brother from another mother eric brought this up way back he's like you know we should talk about replacement killers you know and uh, not that many people really talk about that movie but i was like yeah and then six years passed because i'm old you see all the gray hair here i'm old so i'm, I'm very forgetful uh but us revisiting the corruptor because uh, you know after so many years i've changed my opinion on it i, I was actually very surprised i was like my what am i am i insane am i the same guy because i was always a replacement killers dude you know what i mean like i was like replacement killers replacement killers and then the very next year, I went to go see the Corruptor, and I went into to, went into the Corruptor and re expecting replacement killers, <laughs> but that's not what that movie was all about. Yeah. Now, so yep. many years later, I, I accepted the Corruptor on its own terms, and I was like, you know what? That was a pretty, pretty kick ass, uh, crime action movie. Like, I really, I was really surprised. And you know, now it's like, you know what? Now it's time. It is time. I think it's time to uh, segue to uh, the replacement killers. And originally, the idea was going to be the replacement killers was going to be another is it underrated episode. And then I looked on Rotten Tomatoes just for shits and giggles, just to check the, the critic score and the audience score. And I was like, oh, my God, what is what is going on? So <laughs> we're going to talk about the good and the bad and the ugly. And let us know in chat right now what you guys think about the replacement killers. Is it suck? Is it garbage? Is it, is it a travesty? Uh, is, or you guys enjoyed it for what it was, uh, let us know. Oh, shit! The sex to sumo in the house. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's here all week, folks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, let me say hello to everybody in chat really quick, and then we can get the party started. That's right. Filmmaker Rage Peaks at motherfucking night, son. That's right. Matt Merritt. Good to see you, my friend. That's right. We starting the ruckus. That's right. Uh, I work hard on the, the to keep the intros dopish. That's right. That's the goal. <laughs> but yeah, it's good to see you, Tyler. Good to see you, brother. Marco G in the house. Todd Johnson. Yeah, what is going on? Brandon, 
Will, Bob Odinson. That's right. Who else we got here? Marco G. Tribal Chief. There you go. Pieces of work. Oh, my goodness. Pieces of work. What's going on, Corey? How you doing, man? A, a filmmaker himself, an actor. <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. Good to see you. But very man. busy lately, I've heard. Right. Well, you know what happens when you when you become a star? <laughs> you know, you just you look down on the little people like you us. Forget about you know? the little guys. Right? No, I, like, I, I thought it was all cocaine, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's what it is. You know, you know, he, you know, he felt sorry for Samurai Guy. He did my, he, you know, he did my podcast. He's like, ah, Eric said he was a nice guy. You know, <laughs> no, we yeah, I him. lied, uh, and then he got upset. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, well, yeah, man, we love you, brother. Well, hopefully, we get you back on there here uh, talking, <laughs> uh, talking movies uh, in the future, my friend. Yes, yes. But uh, yeah, before we get started, here is a quick word from our sponsor. Join us live in Times Square on Saturday, November 11th for the Urban Action Showcase and Expo's 11th anniversary celebration honoring Enter the Dragon's 50th anniversary. Enjoy 14 hours of martial arts and action cinema featuring celebrity guests, fame meet and greets, an action expo, panels, seminars, and fandom culminating in the ultimate pop culture experience. Enter the ETD Nunchuck Contest to win the new ETD 50th Anniversary 4K Double Disc Blu-ray. Take your fandom to the next level and wear your throwback kung fu shoes, and jacket to the screening of Enter the Dragon and automatically be entered into the raffle to win the new ETD 50th Collector's Edition 4K box set. The UASE in association with the Martial Arts Metaverse presents, the ETD Metaverse Experience commemorating the 50th anniversary of Warner Bros. Enter the Dragon. Experience Enter the Dragon like never before as you become immersed on Han's Island. Visit the Banquet Hall, Han's Den, the Tournament Training Grounds, and more as you explore the memories of this iconic film. Every asset from the trees to the dojo floor will unlock nostalgic memories of this epic adventure. Enter our ETD Metaverse raffle for a chance to win an ETD 50th Anniversary 4K Double Disc Set. Just fill out the survey and answer the questions revealed within the ETD 50th Metaverse experience and you will automatically be entered into the drawing taking place on November 11th. Visit us via the links below and save on UASE 11 tickets today during our summer sale. Find out how you can partner with us and be a part of the action. See you and your crew in Times Square on November 11th. Now, I know my brother's in here in chat right now and everybody watching, <laughs> hanging out with me in, in the booth. You're probably like, I probably I probably threw them for a loop because every time I used to do this back in the day over the years, it was usually a fake sponsor video. <laughs> <laughs> I would usually do something hilarious or funny, but uh, yeah, it was actually a real sponsor this time. <laughs> so, yes, yeah, Samurai Guy has teamed up 
That's right, with the mighty powers of the Urban Action Showcase and Expo. So right over there next to that good-looking guy, there you go, up in the corner there, scan that QR code, check out. There you go, there you go. I'm paying I'm paying Eric, I'm paying him big to do this. Uh, check out and scan the QR code or check the link in the description box below to check out the Urban Action Showcase and Expo website. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff. Get some Bruce Lee jackets, have some fun there, and see what's coming up very soon. Yes. All right, now let's go around... Let's go around here, and I'll start. I'll go last. We'll start with Eric. Eric, where? What did you think of uh, Replacement Killers, nineteen ninety eight? Don't forget, guys. Everybody watching, there's going to be spoiler discussion. Uh, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, what did you think of it then, and what do you think of it now, revisiting it after all these years? It basically maintained the same uh, status, I guess you could say. I did see this in the theaters when it came out. I did yeah. not know. Who Chow Yun Fat was when I saw this movie. Wow. So, look at that. Yeah. So I, I saw a trailer and I think the trailer kind of won me over a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, I'll go watch it. And me and my cousin went to see it. And uh it turned out to be quite an entertaining action flick. And you know, looking back on it, it's one of those those flicks where, you know, I'm the one thing that that really pleased me revisiting it was a runtime of like 90 minutes because <laughs> nowadays like everything's just so freaking long, but yeah. uh, it's just like a compact action flick. Yeah. You know, the story does what it needs to do. You know, it sets up the conflicts and you got, you got some good leads, some, some fun uh, supporting actors who come in and out. Yeah. And I, I think it's a fun movie. You st- and you still feel the same way after all yeah, these years? Almost the exact same way when I rewatched it. All right. Copy that. Anubis. Before yeah. and after. Uh, same thing with Eric. Uh, I saw this in the theaters. Um, again, I I think I knew who Chow Yun-Fat was because I'd seen Hard Boiled a few years earlier. Uh, yeah. But I didn't watch enough of his stuff and up until this point to really know exactly how he was in, in terms of the, you know, the action world and whatnot. But uh, around this time, when I saw the trailer, I remember seeing Danny Trejo show up and I'm like, oh. He's pretty hot right now. This guy is all over the screen. So, right, so right. Right now. I'm going to go check it out. And Yeah, she, yeah, he, he's a lot hotter than Mira. But, I mean, come on. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's another guy in this film that I've been a big fan of forever. And Samurai was so lucky enough to interview him. I even went and got his book. That's Patrick Kilpatrick, man. This dude mm-hmm. is so awesome as a villain. I just seen him in like uh, Last Man Standing too, and that, yes. he's so amazing, dude. Uh, yes. Did he have Eric, a line? Did he say? Did he say anything in the movie? Which one? Patrick. Oh, uh, Patrick. For the Last Man Standing? No, for uh, replacement oh. killers. Did he actually have? Oh a yeah, line? yeah. He was talking a little bit in the, uh, really? the car wash scene. He was talking. Uh, oh, bit. okay, okay. <clears throat> All right, but, but uh, he, still, he always kills it. Yeah, and Eric brought up the, uh, the 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 supporting cast like uh, Clinton Collins, who I forget his <laughs> character name, but Mira was having a, a you know just pushing him around and like yeah, yeah. a lot of smack talking. Yeah, uh, but he was a funny guy. Like, he was a really funny guy. So yeah, yeah it, it, I, I still have this on DVD. I still watch it occasionally. I still love it. I wish it got actually more played than it did, like on YouTube and stuff. But it, yeah. Yeah, copy that, copy that. You know, speaking of DVD, um, yeah, I did. I also saw it in theater, and um, I bought the DVD, and then upgraded to Blu-ray. And I recently just watched the Blu-ray for this, uh, you know, discussion. Dude, the Blu-ray is really old, 
they need to re-release this Blu-ray, man. Because there was times I was like, I'm watching a Blu-ray, right? Like it was looking like some upconvert DVD. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, dude, come on. Like there's no there's no audio commentary. There's nothing. Like they need to either do like a special edition with a brand new transfer with a whole bunch of special features or something like that, or just release it in 4K. I mean, you can I think imagine. I actually I think I actually have some VHS too. Actually. Oh, that's cool. You got to put <laughs> yeah. it up somewhere in the background. I gotta find it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle. I did not get to see this in theater since I was still in middle uh, elementary school. <laughs> but so everyone that got to see it in theaters. <laughs> but um Thanks. Uh, thank you for making us feel old. I appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean right? to. But um I definitely wanted to see it when I saw the trailer and definitely growing up younger, um, seeing China Fat in hard boiled. Yeah. A nine-year-old watching Hard Boiled. <laughs> watching The Killer, actually. And then watching A Better Tomorrow. And then finding out, man, China Fat's so awesome. What the hell? <laughs> and then when finally I got to see the VHS and I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is still freaking awesome. And then <laughs> when I got older, I'm like, man, this movie is just different. Why does it feel so different in that sense of like, I understand that they were trying to be like, a John Woo film still, even though he helped produce it. And then, and then I was like, you know what? I still like this movie. And I found the DVD, which is the extended cut. And I was like, extended cut, what, what, what's cut out here? And then it actually kind of changed my mind of how I feel about the movie. Okay. From the theatrical to the extended cut. And as, as even though we said, yeah, what could have been wrong here when we said in the, uh, what we said about it in The Corruptor, but now it's like, there's a different perspective now that I see it in a different light, and we'll, I, I would we'll say, yeah, I, yeah. yeah we'll you have to let us know it. the behind-the-scenes stuff you discovered mm-hmm. while we go through the movie, and mm-hmm. stuff like that, and what they changed and what they didn't change. Because only on the Blu-ray, as far as I know, it's only the extended cut, so there's no theatrical mm-hmm. to compare. Uh, but mm-hmm. that would be interesting. But yeah, man, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll get into it here. But yeah, I saw it in theater, it makes me wonder. I need to check all the action movies that came out in 1998. Because this and motherfucking Blade came out the same year. <laughs> it's like insane, dude. So I wonder what else came out that year. Because that's that's pretty awesome. We'll have to do a, a list video, all of us. Didn't uh, Dark City come out in 98? That was it? a legit oh, movie, I too. Thought that was, I dude. thought that was Yes, it did. Y- yes, it did. That- that's a future, Eric. We got to do it. Future is an underrated I love that movie. Yeah. John Carpenter's Vampires came out that year, too. Oh, oh, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of love for John Carpenter's Vampires, but that was just bad timing. Blade Deep Rising. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, that's a hell of a year, man. Soldier. Right. Oh, I enjoy Soldier. Movie. I enjoy Soldier. Rambo yeah. in Space. I know a lot of people hate on it, but that'd be another episode. <laughs> Uh, Lethal Weapon yeah. 4. Really? Yeah. That was some of the most fun I ever had in the theater. Bet when I was, you know, around that age, seeing it with my buddies. We, me and my buddy, it was like his birthday. So we all took him to go see Lethal Weapon 4. And we the whole audience was cracking up, laughing. And that was like my major introduction to Jet Lee. So that was my first, uh, Eric. I've, oh, seen Jet, I've seen Jet Lee on like covers of fist of legend but i never got a chance to rent those movies so yeah. i knew what he looked like oh but lethal weapon 4 i was like dude who yeah. is this dude 
And then all of a sudden, after Lethal Weapon 4, we started seeing more Jet Li movies on VHS in the stores coming out. And then I was able to go crazy. You know? Yep. Unfortunately. That, that, gun, that gun scene, man. Oh, my God. I was like, did he just do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We got another one. Yep. We got two uh, more. Matt says, uh, did Mask of Zorro? Yeah. Oh, that, was, that was a good one. Bro, mm-hmm. fucking Ronin, son. All right, 98 is the yeah. year of fire. That's yeah. it. We're doing a video in the future. We're all, <laughs> yeah. we're all coming back. Yeah. Hey, but, but the greatest movie ever, Godzilla 98. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alongside wrongfully that'll accused. Num- that'll be our number one. <laughs> well, you could throw that in mindless action. Like, if you just fuck it, you know. <laughs> right. Uh, but, yeah, let's... Uh, yeah, it was, it was a blast seeing it in theater. <clears throat> I knew... Who Chayun Fett was from the Killer Hardboiled and the Better Tomorrow movies. I knew him, but I wasn't expecting hardboiled, to be honest. Like, that's it's fucking hardboiled. It's hardboiled. You know, if somebody wants to argue hardboiled is the greatest action movie of all time, I'm not I'm not gonna argue with that. I am not gonna disagree with it either. You know, <laughs> the it's it's hard to argue against that. Yeah. But I wasn't expecting that. And you look at a lot of track record for a lot of the, you know, a lot of foreigners that come over here and, and, you know, sometimes it's not that great of a debut. Sometimes it takes a while. Right. Um, but me and Kyle kind of talked about it already in our corrupter review. And we, we will remind people towards the end of this video about how China fat came in hot. And then we're not, then we're going to talk about what happened a little bit later. How it just, it came, you know, sometimes it's the opposite, right? But um, yeah, he came in hot, and then I'm so happy he left <laughs> after that. Like later, I was like, "Dude, get the fuck out of there, bro! Get out while you can." Dragon Ball Evolution, goddamn it! <clears throat> get out while you can. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. That was a Jamie Chung movie. Oh, that's <laughs> right. Yeah, Chai and Fat wasn't in that. Nobody was in that movie but her. No, right. just Jamie Chung. Yeah, it's just Jamie Chung the movie. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Uh, but yeah, how do I feel about it now? Well, we're gonna get into it a little bit here. So a plot synopsis for those who have never seen the film. A troubled hitman seeks aid from a forger to help him get papers to China. However, the drug lord has hired replacements to finish the job and kill the hitman. See, that's that's interesting thing about this movie is he's kind of a hitman, but he's not really a hitman. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, this is directed by the very talented Antoine Fuqua. This is the movie that made me a fan of him, and I always thought he was a very underrated director um, over the years. He's made some great films that people just, they liked it, and then they just forgot about it, which is sad. But, I mean, not everything he that he made, I love. I have issues with a few others, but majority of the stuff he's done, he's, he's done some great work. But, man, yeah, like, like Eric brought up, the cast is insane. We got Michael Rooker in here. <laughs> we got uh, the, the late, great... Uh, Kenneth, Kenneth Sang, uh, yeah. you know, rest in power. He's in here, and you may know him from Super Cop and The Killer and the Better Tomorrow movies. Uh, Eric, I will let you pronounce the 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 German actor's name. Wait, was it is it Jürgen Prock now? See, this is why I have Eric here. <laughs> well, Jürgen Prock now. When yeah. I interviewed Eric a while back, I was saying, "Man, you know how to pronounce these Japanese names really well." And he's like, oh, yeah. "I just, I just." Go with it. I don't care. I, mean, I probably get it wrong half the time. <laughs> yeah, I probably would have said Jurgen Prakatvila. Yeah, what I would say. That guy's a great actor. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, Danny Trejo, Clifton Collins, like Anubis said, 
uh, and our boy Patrick Kilpatrick, who who always makes his pre- you always will see you will notice him in a scene because he's that good. Leo Lee, who's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's the basic plot. But yeah, we can jump on jump into it here. What's going on, Brian Sanchez? What is going on? Let's see. Uh, Will says, I was only 13 years old in my city that I had this poster on my bedroom wall back in 98. I think I had a poster too. I think I did. It just got, you know, over time got fucked up, you know, but I think I had a poster because I, that, that shot of the gun, just the whole barrels taking up majority of the poster. (laughs) I think I had one. I was like, I have to buy this. I wouldn't be surprised if I had one. And, but, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it here. Uh, I love the opening scene with the Crystal Method song bumping. <laughs> this, back in the day, this was my just blast the sound system. Hey, you guys want to hear my sound system? Okay, just blast the sound system. I didn't even, even have surround sound yet. We were getting back then. It was just two big-ass stereo speakers, baby. Not even no subwoofer. But I had to rock it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. When this, when this, this scene was so well done, the cinematography in this movie is absolutely insane. It is insane. And I love how basically China Fact's character walking in was the angel of death. He's literally the angel of death, especially when you have that awesome above shot when he's walking through the club and it's just him, just, just following him. Everyone else is dancing and he's just, it's just fun. It's such a great shot. And, and, and he's straight up gangster with it when he don't say shit. He just walks up to the table and pulls pulls out a bullet yeah. and puts it on the table in front of them and then just goes back to just looking like this. He didn't have to say anything. And then they see the inscription on the bullet and they're like, oh shit. And then that was it. That just the, the, the angel of death. And then a great opening shootout. Yeah. Guns a-blazing. Doing little, doing little fancy spins and turns around. Especially with that. It was great. But what I really love about this movie is the wonderful beautiful satisfying luscious juicy bloody squibs <laughs> you probably thought i was going to say something else but mm-hmm. the bloody squibs in this every time i see one i'm like oh mwah, mwah. thank you 90s thank you oh i love it we got squibs all over the motherfucker up, up in here uh but yeah the, it doesn't go well for the beginning shot uh it, it uh this and blade uh yeah. I, I think blade's the winner but it's interesting that we have these two really iconic opening <laughs> club action sequences in the beginning of the movie to start it off with some techno music at the same time. Why? Because it's the 90s, goddammit. Bring that back. Uh, we need to bring right. that shit back. We need to bring it back, goddammit. Raves. Yeah. Remember raves? <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Uh, Todd enjoyed the soundtrack. Anyone have the soundtrack of the, of this movie? I shouldn't buy it. In fact, I might. I might. Because it's, it's go pretty consistently archives. good throughout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Eric, talk about the next scene after our opening shootout here. Yeah. So, Chow goes in, does his job, and then we're introduced to uh, to Rooker's character. He's on the docks, right? And uh, he he trails this dude, this triad kid. He's like a younger guy, Peter Way, and. Rooker gives this moron multiple chances to not die. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he's he just he just he just looks at him. He's like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. The dude pulls out his gun and then Rooker doesn't even blow him away. He shoots him in the arm, disarms yeah. him. Yeah. He's like, all right, give up. And the dude just starts running away. 
you know, and he said, he, Rooker's telling guys, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. And so all his buddy cops are like, all right. So they corner him after he climbs up one of like the dock, uh, you know, uh, uh, container things. Yeah. And Rooker goes up there and he's like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. And this moron tries to shoot him again and he just blows him away. No, no. It, really, this guy, he could he could have just turned himself in. I'm sure his dad had a, had a bunch of money. You know, yeah. he'd serve a little time and get out. Yeah. Well, you know, because of this guy, you know, the crap hits the fan for the rest of the film. Yeah. Terrence Way's son. Yeah. And now, now Terrence Way wants revenge. That's it, man. Eye for an eye. You take my son. I'm taking yours. So he brings in uh, uh, Mr. What was it? The John ghost. Lee. John Lee. It was kind of yeah. funny. Mira Savino was yeah. like, you sure you want your last name to be Lee? Aren't they like a thousand Lees? <laughs> and and just back. looking right there. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out to really be his name. Say mm-hmm. freedom. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so one of the the, the two main and, and Kyle, since he knows a little bit more of the behind the scenes stuff with us, he's going to share it. But before we get to that, the two main criticisms that I see with this movie that I've heard over the years is it's not an homage to John Woo. They fucked it up. It's just a copycat. The other the other criticism is they don't let Chai Fat act. He's just thrown in the background, right? And that was one of the main things we loved about Corrupter is like Chai and Fat actually, they let him act and he steals every scene in that movie. However, re-watching it again, and I, you know, that, that criticism may be still valid. You know, we haven't got to Kyle yet. But the thing is, is no one, as many reviews as I've seen for this movie, no one asks this question that I'm going to ask right now. No one asks this question. Are we sure, are we positive that the director or whoever did the script didn't want him to be emotionless? You know? I mean, you never know. They may have wanted him to be that way. They may have wanted him to be not a man with tons of charisma. Hey! Ah, just hands ah. You know what I mean? Like, they may not know. You're a stone-cold fucking killer. You, Chayan Fat, are the angel of death. You are not supposed to be charismatic. You are not tequila. You are death. And we're not, and they didn't really give him that much dialogue. But we're re-watching it again. He actually does speak a lot more than what I thought. No one, everyone who reviews this movie, no one asks that question. So, so Kyle, do you know anything about that behind the scenes? Like, is that so, was that what they wanted? So from what I found out is in the theatrical cut. That's how it's perceived, but what the the version that you and I watch now, that's all in the extended cut now. Is okay. all the dialogue is much more in, which now we understand. Like they they didn't give them too much humanity. That's for sure. They didn't give them too much humanity of like knowing what. Okay, I shouldn't say not too much humanity, because the reason why he's doing everything was for his mother and sister. But right. now it's like. With the extended cut, we get much more of who he is. Same yeah. thing with who Mira Sorvino, who her character is, and them trying to figure out how they could work together in a sense. That that was what was missing in the theatrical cut, and that really made it more um, steer away from it. And what someone actually made sense of this recently that I found out was the extended cut actually makes it like a John Woo film now. Which really? When you really look at it because okay. of the relationship 
the partnership that they do with Chao Yunfat and Miro Sorvino <clears throat> actually makes more sense now in the extended cut of how they interact with each other and why they're doing what they're doing and especially going against Terrence Way up to the end and you get to see that and really looking at that sense it really puts into perspective of like how Americanized this the theatrical version is compared yeah. to how the what's it called the the extended cut because we right. do have an extra scene with um the monk Alan with Chiron Fat and it immediately cuts right after he says like I need I need a safe passage for my mother and sister and then he just gives them money and that's it but then there's an extended dialogue scene where Alan says you are going against Terrence Way. You sure about this? And John Fett's like, I have no other choice. And yeah. it really gives him that. Hu that's where you actually do see him act more in this cut. And that's where I'm like, okay, there's something missing. This this was missing in all the theatrical cut. And it's right. really something different to see now, which is why I'm like, it might have changed my opinion. All right. Interesting. Interesting. The other, the other thing, if I could add something, yeah, the special edition DVD had a director commentary on it that I listened to, mm -hmm. and okay. uh, and Fuqua said that he had some frustrations and he felt like because he was like a new director, they, mm -hmm. you know, he didn't really get to to do what he wanted in in some cases, you know, and one of it was the like, the story and adding stuff like that. He also said that the first draft of the script had so much dialogue for Chow that he felt like it was almost too much. So oh, wow. him and Chow went through the script together and kind of went for more of uh at least a little bit more of just like a, uh, a mannerism type of approach, you know what I mean? Like okay. uh, expressing things through emotions and stuff like that. That's okay. that's what I was thinking because mm -hmm. when the, the monk dies, yeah, Chow, Chow doesn't really say a lot, but you can see it in his facial expression. Mm -hmm. Same with, same with him targeting the kid like he yeah. pulls back because he understands that this is not cool yeah you know? yeah so so i think that is makes a lot of sense and director i was reading up on it, the director said there was a lot of this how should i put it um because he was young so like this hollywood pushback i don't know if it came from the actors themselves or just people on the set but he said it was, as erica pointed to it was very hard for him to kind of get what he wanted like full throttle Right. I'm not surprised. And, and Kyle, on the extended cut, did they have the scene in the car where they talk about the cultural revolution? Yes, oh, they you did. can talk about that later, yeah. 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 But yeah, that was great. Uh thank you for that, uh, Eric. Yeah, that makes that some see, that's why I got these guys here, man. <laughs> some great behind the scenes knowledge. But Nubis brings up the good point here with this scene right here. Cause I remember, you know, when I had it on DVD. And I, I came across a few people that didn't like the movie, and they were like, "Man, they didn't let Charlie have to act. They didn't let him act. They didn't let him do anything." And I was, and I, and I, I was, I always come back to this scene, and I'm like, "Charlie Fat kills it in this scene, saying mm -hmm. nothing." Yep, it's yep. insane. His eyes bulge; they get red. You, they they tear on 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 call. I mean, it's insane how good his acting is here because he's just struggling because he doesn't want to kill the, the cop's son. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. I think there's there's this movie has its moments. And but that's again, why it, it comes back to that. Like, at the beginning, you're thinking he's just not shooting Rooker. Mm -hmm. So, like, 
when he fight when that's when Servinius character is like, "What you're gonna get your life killed over a cop?" And he's like, "Not the cop, it's the kid." Yeah. And yeah. then it all just like comes out. We're like, "Oh, now we understand his his thinking here." Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Uh, but yeah, uh, he goes against uh, Mister Way. That's right. And so that's it. He's like, "All right, I got to get out of Dodge." Calls up his buddy at the car wash. Hooks him up with Mira. He goes in there. There were some funny moments in that. You want to talk about that scene, Kyle, where he meets uh, uh, Servino's character for Meg Colburn? Is her yeah, like when he approaches her, he's like, "I need, I need some documents." So she's like, "What? <laughs> Papers? You know?" <laughs> she's like, "Nah, I'm kind of slow that way. You can. You have to it's be un... specific." Yeah, <laughs> he just literally leaves. He's like, "I want forged documents to China." He's like, "Okay." I want, you said forged. <laughs> I'm just like, like, I don't know how much more clearer and like under under the table kind of leap speak you need to say to make this happen. But it's it's a nice like introduction of like you get to see who Mira Sorvino's character is and yeah. how how she gets to play into this. And when he, he's like in a rush, just like right, we need to get this. And you think you'd never think like why is he looking at the camera until these guys just come out. To the camera yeah. and they're like, Meg Coburn. And again, she uses the fact like, never heard, never heard of her and just has her gun ready. Yeah. And the whole shootout at the apartment Dude. is really well done. Like the fact that you get to see Mira Sorvino hold her own in yeah. this scene. Like not just being like, you, you don't get like this rarity of like a female star like not stumbling around and not knowing how to use a gun, but she actually just holds her own commanding the scene with Chiang Fat too. Yeah. Both of them started blasting. <laughs> they started, started blasting. They started blasting. Uh but but yeah, it's like after watching this movie, mm-hmm. I was like, she really had something. Yeah. In terms of being like an action actor. But, you know and there is a I mean if Mira lot. I mean we we love Mira Savino. <laughs> I mean, do, I'm, and, I'm sorry, Mila Jovovich. <laughs> we have our guilty right. pleasure action movies with Mila Jovovich, but if she could be a huge action female star, I don't know. I think uh, well, I think Mira had something there. There, there is the, the reason why she oh. did not was yeah, isn't um, that the, uh, she didn't the like Weinstein it. thing? She got mm-hmm. blackballed. Yeah, she got blackballed by Weinstein. Oh yeah. no! Mm-hmm. Well, well, that answers that question. <laughs> yeah, it didn't. It didn't please her dad too well either. Wow. <clears throat> but hey, I enjoyed what she did in this in this movie, mm. man. Like she really did have something, and I love Even, I love the dialogue she's had with Chow. You know, throughout the whole, you yeah. know, like you know, after the big shootout, which was so yeah. good, so good. The sound design is great. Yeah. Like, so in the bloody squibs, you know. I think my, <laughs> favorite, a, I think my favorite quote from her is like. When this, when the, when I have the gun in my hand, this conversation is going to be a lot different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to have this conversation again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the gun's in my hand, yeah, that was great. Yes. Yeah, because this kind of role, not done well, could look on like, you know, all the actresses try hard. She's trying. It's not working. You, you it's mean not interceptor? Of, you mean interceptor? The princess? I don't know everything we've seen so far. I mean, I mean what? <laughs> The Interceptor movie? I don't know. There's an Interceptor movie on Netflix? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, right. 
No Fuqua, idea. Fuqua said in his commentary that when they initially recommended her, he wasn't. He was like, I don't know. And he met her for dinner to do like an intro, and she yeah. impressed him with her. She came in with like a mental toughness. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. he was like, ooh, he's like, this could be interesting. And yeah. then he, you know, he, he approved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but her character after the shootout, she gets away, but she gets arrested by uh, Rooker. And there was some good dialogue between uh, old Rook and her. There was some good yeah. stuff there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, she's not technically, technically really arrested. They just brought her in to question her. So she left. So I guess I can walk out the fucking door. You know, <laughs> she walks out, you know, and, uh, that, you know, goes back to her apartment, meets up with Chow again. And that's what she, we, we have the line, you know, you know, because Chow's like, look, I got I don't want to do, I don't want to hurt you, but yeah. I need this fucking papers. All right. And so they, you know, they have their little adventure after that. But it doesn't go so well because they go back to uh, the car wash to, to try to get some uh, get some supplies and stuff for what they need for the papers. And uh, old Patrick Kilpatrick and friends uh, show up and kind of head them off. Man, uh, what you call was having fun with, uh, what's his name? The actor, Leo Lee, he plays the character Lamb. He was having fun with, <laughs> with Meg uh in the other room when he was like she's kicking him she's like how's your leg and then he stomps on her leg yeah. how's yours oh, oh yeah. Great. yeah good villains good villains i love how uh patrick Kilpatrick patrick walks up to chai and fat he just looks at him mm. he just looks at him right and then he just stands there wham right in the gut <laughs> like, it's just, just for fun yeah great villains great villains uh jurgen's always great too uh but of course we get another awesome uh pretty fun action shootout here mm-hmm. you know what i really enjoyed about this um <laughs> was uh i think patrick kilpatrick's death sequence was hilarious do you remember his death scene uh eric oh, oh yeah yeah uh, yeah that was good there's the queen the queen Aww. oh now i gotta blow it up now hold on <laughs> our new addition yeah Oh, with the, with the name. Well, we don't know yet. We've just been calling it oh. Pipsqueak. So. All right. He's Pipsqueak for now. Pipsqueak. Oh, that's right. Pipsqueak here is the unofficial, is the official mascot of today's stream. Right. There we go. Name him Jurgen Prokno. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, hey, you. Oh, I think we should name it Meg Coburn. Oh, there, oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Oh, adorable, adorable. I love my daddy. We're just gonna, we're just gonna, we're just gonna be distracted. Going, oh, yeah, the you're really right now. Five hours later. All right, so back to the movie. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this, my uh, Patrick Kilpatrick's death was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we got our boy John here sliding around shooting motherfuckers, and then Patrick just hears the sliding. He can't see anything. Yeah. And he just looks down. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Great. Great. And then it got intense outside, man. Especially mm-hmm. when the the cops showed up as well. I mean, there was a pretty decent body count in this movie. My favorite, though, is when they're driving out of the car wash and we have that one moment where uh, John sees uh, Rooker here. This was mm. great directing. Yeah. Because they both recognize each other. And then Rooker's like hesitant. He's like, why is he, why is he not shooting me right now? <laughs> yeah. You know, great scene. Great scene. Let me, let me go. Stan Zito Zedkoff. That's his name? 
Yeah. That is his name. What kind of name is that? Stan Zito Zedkov? All right, Zito, Officer Zito. We'll mm. keep it simple. Um, but again, bringing up, um, bringing up again uh, what Kyle was talking about, uh, letting China and Fat actually act in certain scenes in the extended version. Um, boom! This scene was was really good. This is like mm. one of the best scenes between uh, both of these characters. Both actors really get a chance to shine here. And she finally gets the gun in her hand and they're having that conversation again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's like, at this point, like, you got to tell me what, what the fuck's going on now, man. Like, <laughs> come on. You got to tell me. You're not giving me any, you're not giving me any options here. You know? And uh, we finally get some backstory of, of child. But this is what I meant about um, he's not necessarily, he's, he's kind of a hitman, but he kind of isn't. Because a lot of people think that this is one of these movies. There's so many. There's five billion of these types of movies out there in terms of the hitman been hitman and for five billion years, and all of a sudden he can't kill a kid or he can't do you know right, and then he goes against the grain and they run it. And some of our favorite movies, you know, th- just because the plot's cliche and used all the time doesn't mean it's not badass. I mean, the night comes for us. I fucking love that movie. So yeah, it's like I don't care. Yeah, the professional, right? Like I don't care if as long as it's entertaining, then you use the same plot, similar plot. He, he just fine. had a certain set of skills. That's all. There you yep. go. Right. Uh, but he was talked about, you know, that he used he used to be a soldier. That was his thing. He used to be a soldier. He was like like Antonio Banderas said in Expendables Cre- <laughs> Expendables Three. I'm really good at killing people. <laughs> all I know how to do is kill people. <laughs> right. So <laughs> you know, and then he gets hired for a few jobs, not even a lot, by by Wang. Uh, Wang Wang. I'm gonna call him Wang Wang. <laughs> Terrence Wang, but Terrence Way, and you know, just uh, he's like, hey, do this for you, and you do me a favor, I do you a favor. But if you fuck it up, your family's done. So that's what he's doing. What he's doing. So because he even talks about it, he had it was just three. It was just the first one. Yeah, the first two were easy. They were criminals. The third one, you know, you find out later, like Nubis said, that it was a kid. Uh, but yeah, great performance right here. Do it. Do, do it. it! Even uh, said, I'll do it for you, and then takes a gun from her. Like in that extended cut, the whole conversation is just nuanced even yeah. more now. It's crazy. Maybe that's why they just on the Blu-ray, there's just only the extended cut on there. Which yeah. I know it's hard to find the the actual theatrical cut now in certain places. Yeah. They they knew they were embarrassed. The, the, I'm kind of <laughs> curious about what Kyle's thoughts are, because like I watched the movie and I really love this movie, but there's some weird like, and I don't know if it was even needed. Like, they tried to like force this somewhat romance, romance. between, yeah, and it's like so, it's, it's just not there. So, like, like at the, the end, like not right, even at like the right end. Through, throughout, yeah, throughout there was originally, and it says oh, right god. here that oh god, let's see, let's see, Jesus um, Christ. Test audiences, maybe, is, or something? Yeah, test audiences yeah. struggled with the notion of a less than pure hero and the biracial relationship between Chaifa and Marisol Vino. So, the fact that there, there was supposed to be a love story, but but they didn't want to... They were It was all removed. And here's the other Good. thing. Good. They, they actually... If you literally hear it in one of the things, I actually thought that this... It's kind of a plutonic... Mm. partnership but you could tell that meg uh mira sorvino's character is not into men because she actually says it 
and when you meet Clifton Collins' uh, car- character, only which is, only date my own species. Yeah, yeah basically right, that. Right, right, so right, I was, right, was like, right. that that makes sense. So it, the fact that they were the studio tried to push for it and everything God, else, but then fucking test audiences dude. did not want to do it, and no one was. No that would have been really bad. Yeah, yeah. Not it was just say, like because yeah. her character isn't like that like she's sexy mm-hmm. but not in that sense like she yeah. wasn't using the sexuality at all she was no just, you know it's well really maybe weird. it would have worked out if you know chai and fat looked like quentin tarantino oh <laughs> shit <laughs> that actually happened i'm sorry to break everyone's heart yep and th- that's that the reason why Miro sorvino Miro sorvino took the role because of quentin tarantino <laughs> which god damn it anyway anyway but yeah like I think Anubis, right? Like, this was really the only part of the movie where he actually kind of touched her cheek. Mm-hmm. And they had the long look. And yeah. I think even the, even the character brought it up then, like, this is awkward. This is a yeah. lot more easier when people are shooting at us. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But throughout the movie, like, if it was hardcore romance, Jesus Christ. That yeah, there's fun. just a moment when she's like, Fucking you horrible. know, somewhere along the line, I just didn't want to see you die or something like that. And I'm just like. Yep. Right. <laughs> Right, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, I guess it's as far as we're willing to go. This scene right yeah. here, right, Anubis. I think this yeah. one he was yeah. preparing yeah. to for the mm-hmm. final battle, and she, she, you know, maybe you can look at it as uh, she's just a friend. Maybe. Well, that's what Kyle's it. getting to. Is like mm-hmm. that's how yeah. they kind of try to play it off at the end. So. Yeah. Oh, you know, that kind of reminds me of Eraser. You just been erased. <laughs> that originally. Him and Vin- Arnold Schwarzenegger and Vanessa Williams were supposed to have a. They were supposed to be romantically involved in that movie, and what's so funny is I heard that, that every time they were supposed to stare at each other in a romantic way, they both started laughing. They couldn't do it. They just couldn't do it. So they were just like, ah, we're just we're just working together in this movie. We're not gonna do this yep. love bullshit. That would have been so bad. Yeah. yeah. Vanessa, come here. Horrible. I mean, horrible. <laughs> but I wish there was some behind the scenes footage of them trying to be like romantic, staring at each other by the fireplace, and they just both start laughing. No, I can't <laughs> do this. I would have said something, but it would have been so inappropriate for this feed. <laughs> oh, when we get off the air, you can tell us. All right. Uh, but now the replacement killers come in. Now you know what? Every this this was my introduction to this actor on the right here. This is. Hugo Stiglitz. Yeah. <laughs> Till Til, Til Schwager. Schweiger. I need Eric for that one. But his he plays the character of Riker. Uh-huh. This is my introduction to him. And um I was I, I, I like this actor. He's just he's been in some he's been in movies like Inglorious Bastards. Uh-huh. And he's also been in a lot of Uwe Boll films. Oh, no. So his career is kind of all over the place. But uh, yeah, this is my introduction to him. He's pretty badass in here. I love the glossy-eyed look he has, even when he's like, yeah. <laughs> like cocking the gun. His face <laughs> is like, yeah. You remember when they uh, lit up the cop car? Yeah. Uh, and then they're oh still God. they're still looking for Chalyan Fessa. Like you see, Dane Rachel, he's kind of like shooting. He's like looking. Yeah, just getting his gun ready again. It's... Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, dude, goddamn those cops, fuck. Mm-hmm. That was the wrong, <laughs> dude. Goddamn those cops got murked. But that yeah, girl in the car. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know, I know. Which led us to a a pretty badass scene that I yeah. remember from the trailer. I remember seeing the trailer. I was like, oh my god, that was dope. 
the giant bat and he's running. He slides underneath the car to pull it <laughs> out. He's still shooting while he's sl- sl- uh, sliding. And then he stops himself. Like, <laughs> like ah, yeah. that was dope, man. That was good. But yeah, a lot of, uh, especially with Blade, a lot of black leather with sunglasses mm-hmm. uh, we got going on predating the Matrix. Yep. Even in this movie, Giant Fest character says, I need guns. That's yeah. right. One year before the Matrix. Giant Fest said it first. That's it. <laughs> he did it first. He did it first. Oh, my goodness. Uh, but yeah. Trendsetter. Yeah, there you go. Here's the scene. Yeah, God, those cops. Jesus yeah. Christ. That lady, though. Yeah, she's a poor lady. Yeah, lady. poor lady. That was the worst time to pull out. Oh, that didn't sound right. But yeah, we're gonna keep on rocking on here. Uh, but yeah, they decide to. Uh, all right, you know what? He's got his papers. He could technically leave. Uh, we get a little bit more backstory with both of his char- her, uh, their characters, especially Meg's characters. Mm-hmm. Grew up in a very abusive home, so she's got issues she's dealing with as well. But she she wants to do something right for a change, you know. Yep. And they both make the decision. He could have left, but they're like, you know what? Fuck these dudes. We're going to go uh, uh, save, save the, kid. Uh, the kid. Yeah, there you go. Uh, they should have had the killer on the screen or hard-boiled or something. That they're, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, instead we get we, we get the American version of Mr. Magoo. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, uh, I, I, you know what? They score. The, the soundtrack is good with the different mm-hmm. bands like Crystal Method and stuff. But the actual music... Um, he did a lot. I forgot the name of the of the guy. Harry he, Gregson Williams. Thank you. Yeah, he's done a lot of stuff. He did the Equalizer movies. He's done a lot of stuff. But the score in this movie is really good too. Yeah, especially Fuqua specifically rec- uh, specifically requested a score that was a little bit more emotional. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Well, it, it got emotional during this scene. Like it wasn't an action music score during this scene when they're trying to protect the kid. It was like kind of sad. Yeah. You know. But uh, yeah, they end up saving. Uh, Z- what was his name? Zed Zedo. Zedo and Zedo's yeah. kid. There you go. Um, hold on a second. Uh, Will says, I think at least in Australia, a newer Blu-ray with a different Encode Master was released. Hmm. Okay. Well, ho- hopefully the picture's better. But I was like, dude, what is going on here? Uh, but yeah, intense scene. And that, it's funny because Zedo was like, all right, now that I got my son to safety. Uh, I'm gonna go vigilante now. <laughs> I was like, yeah. what? "Holy shit, dude! You turned into Paul Kersey at the end of this movie, man." I'm gonna start blasting now. Like, he comes out and he's—that's when we get another kind of reveal. He's like, "Yeah, uh, those two just saved my son's life." So he's like really pissed. <laughs> you know, he's yeah, like, yeah. They went after my boy. Yep. Mm-hmm. That red meat. Remember, we called her red meat. <laughs> she, she saved him. <laughs> oh, you gotta love the, you gotta love the rook. Uh, but they beat the rook to the punch, which gives us a really great, uh, satisfying, visually orgasmic cinematography here. I mean, this this is just insane. This shootout, yeah. visually to look at. I mean, with the the halt, you know, the alleyway. The neon signs, the music, the slow motion, the body count, the squibs. So Mira Savino's crashing through with the truck, <laughs> screaming, trying to run over motherfuckers. <laughs> I mean, oh man, there was some really good stuff. But what you know what's my favorite part? My my favorite part used to be Giant Fat's character John jumping on top of the car and just just 
point blank range. Just kept going, right? He was so he was so like just that nah. the guy got out of the car and he's like pointing the guns at the guy. He's got no more bullets. He's just like ah. <laughs> is he still in that mode? He's in that rage mode, man. But uh, now rewatch that that's that used to be my favorite scene, like this scene right here, just completely mm-hmm. murking the, the dudes inside. Like, oh yep. my god, it was so good. It was so good. Um, but uh and again, just beautiful visuals. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the shot. This is a still. From the movie i mean look at this you know and that used to be my favorite part of the movie but re-watching it recently my favorite part of the movie it's random it doesn't make sense but while he's going down the alleyway shooting at the car trying to get close to it al leong just pops up out of nowhere <laughs> you didn't see al leong the whole movie no. i'm pretty sure we did not see him the whole entire movie and al leong that's right thug central that's right hire us thugs are us comes out of a random door and just start shooting and then john does a little roll forward and does and, and, and takes care takes care of al but i was like oh okay this is a boat that's a little cherry on top of the movie now but why not cameo Throughout the film, just have him stand around, have him around. Yeah, yeah. But I was just, just out of nowhere. I was just like, "What?" Because I haven't seen him in so long. I was like, what? Yeah, like he, he was a random chef that came out, and he was like, "Oh, people shooting!" <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, great, great stuff. Uh, but yeah, just beautiful, beautiful to look at. Uh, but of course, he catches up to the man. We have the iconic little John Woo shot there. Uh, as many times as this was copied or homaged or whatever you want to, whatever you want to say about movies that always do this, you know, after the John Woo flicks, I'm sorry, but it still looks fucking cool. <laughs> and John Wick chapter five, if John Wick gets to the main villain and they both point guns at each other like this, it's still going to be cool. It's still going to be cool in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, great, uh, I think way for the villain to go out too. His own bullet. Yeah. His own bullet. Man, he was slow yep. as fuck, man. When yep. they drew they both pointed guns at each other around ammo. And then they're like, all right, we gotta reload. He was slow as fuck. Joe's <laughs> fat was already here. And he was still like <laughs> <laughs> he was still like, dude, you were done. And he puts his own bullet in there and takes him out. He's like, Your family, your family, everyone's still gonna die. And he goes, Not in not in your lifetime. Boom. Mm-hmm shoots him why did i think eric why did i think of game of death a little bit when he was falling down in slow motion next to the neon uh, sign and of it what? started to spark as he fell down i was like is that because a little homage shout out to game of death right there i don't know but it reminded me it was a little similar i like the one-liner though <clears throat> it's a little bit different you know not in your lifetime yeah yeah, yeah i like it go. And I like how Mira Mira took out a uh oh boy Jurgen. Yeah, that yeah. was great. That was great, man. Yeah, took him out. Yeah, everybody got what they deserved. And uh she sees him off. We try to get a love of Dubby, but we we don't. He does, I don't even think he hugs her. No, he just touches her and he's like, peace out, I'm out. And uh she watches him yeah, turn around, put them badass sunglasses on. <laughs> And then he disappears. He teleports because he's Chow Young. <laughs> Within context, fan. it makes no sense. But, hey, he just <laughs> likes to exit. That's like it. That's how, that's how he does. He's yeah. He's like Batman. He just disappears. <laughs> no, no. It's like Catwoman ha- 
does it to him, and he's like, so that's what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I still enjoy the movie um, after all these years. I, I still love it, you know, and I mean, it's not the killer. It's not hard-boiled. But for what it is, uh, despite all unfortunate, the behind-the-scenes, you know, problems that the movie had, you know, shout out to Anton for trying to put up with it because I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if Anton got a lot of blame for the people who probably didn't like the movie and they had all these criticisms about it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they were, if they blamed him. But it kind of sounds like from what Kyle was saying and what Eric's saying is not really his fault. Um, uh, I wonder what uh, the movie would have looked like if he had full control and freedom to do what he wanted. You never know. It may have been more violent. It may have had a bigger body count. I mean, you never know. You never know. Oh, yeah. The um, one scene... Uh... Yeah, we could talk about it. Nobody will assassinate us. Because uh, <laughs> um, Fuqua mentioned it on his uh, commentary. They had a scene in a car. Yeah. And they talk about Chow's <laughs> character's father, who apparently died in the Cultural Revolution. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. And yeah. uh, so they were throwing uh, they were throwing that, that, that under the bus a little bit in that scene, I yeah. think. And there was some pushback, I think. Yeah. Uh, and they had, he had to cut that. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, just because. the fact, yeah. Well, just the fact that John Lee's character is like, I gotta get my family out of China. It doesn't really point paint China in a good light, mm-hmm. which you would not see today. You would mm-hmm. not see that today at all in in cinema. So, but you were gonna say something, Kyle? No, I was just gonna say like it. It does paint that picture, but yeah, man, that that amount of flack back then, yeah. and especially like when like this came out in '98. Yeah. Literally right mm-hmm. after 97. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I have nothing but just good memories mm-hmm. from this film. I remember sitting down, showing all my buddies. Once I got it on DVD, I did that shit, you know, had to, you know, show off my Sansui, my, my, my stereo, you know what I'm saying? So I watched it with some buddies, and all my buddies did not know who Chayun Fat is. Right, wow. they didn't know who he was, but after the movie was over, they were like, "Dude, that was fucking kick ass." Who's that guy, bro? Who's that guy? And I remember, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Right, and of course, later I introduced him to Hard Boiled and stuff. Right, but I remember that. So when I keep hearing people over and over and over again saying the same two criticisms about the film, and saying he's non-existent in the film, they didn't let him act. Look at how they reacted after the movie was over and they didn't even know who he was. They said, who's that guy? So I don't think uh, the movie did Chai Yun-Fat a disservice. Mm -hmm. And compared to a lot of other foreigners' debuts in America, you really can't go wrong. It can't get any cooler of a debut uh, for an actor. Is Eco going to get a movie like this? Nailed America. Nailed it. Now you see what we're talking about here. This is why we have these discussions. Eric motherfucking nailed it. It's true. We're still waiting for Eco's debut. Yep. Still. They keep botching it. There's a small, slight hope with Expendables 4. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep mm-hmm. hope live, Kyle. I'm trying to keep hope live. Not, not, uh, not after I came for uh, Gran Turismo. <laughs> You're funny. Oh. Gran Turismo. Did anyone see Gran Turismo yet? No. Oh my goodness! Is it bad? No, we're we and Kyle just were laughing because we came across a TV spot trailer for it, and they were like, 
people were orgasming coming out of the theater. <laughs> this is the greatest film I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like it was wow. insane, dude. I'm like, uh, for grand to, re- I mean, it might be solid. You know, Neil Blom- Blomkamp might do some suspenseful, cool race scenes, but I was like, they were like having orgasms, right? Huh. And it I was just ridiculous, dude. Like, and I just immediately said, for my reaction, I was just been like, how did you think of this film? I came. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, stone face. I came. Yes. And then after it's over, you're, you come back. I'm still coming. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, nothing but. Uh, fond memories i even showed my older uh, one of my older sisters robin uh the movie and she fell in love with giant fat buddy in the movie <laughs> she was like oh my god i don't know who that is but i love him she ran and grabbed her husband who came into the house late <laughs> sat him down and told me to rewind it or back up to show her show him the action finale shootout uh but you know giant fat he sucks he's non-existent he's a ghost didn't let him do anything in his movie. Garbage. Zero stars. Uh, but yeah, again, we're, we're gonna we're gonna give our opinion now. Uh, is it underrated? And uh, the only version that we're talking about it seems to be the extended cut. So that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna we're gonna give our opinion on because that's the only one available apparently. So if people want to watch this movie now, you're only gonna see the extended cut. Uh, but um, yeah, let's see first what the public thought. Uh, hold on, hold on. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. Shut up. It's oh, not crystal go. method, but that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I need to change and that's that. the show, folks. We got to go. All right. Take care. <laughs> um, but <laughs> this is what the public thought. Uh, I believe what was it? 37%. 37%. Yes. Uh, Eric, could you look up? the audience score for me too while we're while i'll show this on screen oh yeah right here boom look at that no replacement killers should be higher than 37 percent. look at that i don't know who the 10 percent is <laughs> show yourself <laughs> probably the same uh the, the ones who voted for the 10 percent were probably the ones that said that falling down was trash oh my god yeah yeah <laughs> probably the same group but it's all good. Everyone has a voice and can be heard here. That's fine. As everyone, as Audience as score. Here we go. Go 47%. ahead. Forty-seven percent. Atrocious. Atrocious. Forty-seven percent audience. All these people coming in chat tonight and commenting when I posted this everywhere. There's like, oh, it's one of my favorite movies. Oh, I really enjoy it. I guess they're not <laughs> Rotten Tomato critics or going on Rotten Tomato and voting because that's. And it's like what over twenty five thousand votes, I think. Twenty five thousand oh, yeah. votes. Yep. This still came out as forty. We said forty seven. Yeah. Forty seven percent audience. When did uh? When did Rotten Tomatoes start as a website? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. The only reason why I ask is because like I wonder if a lot of the people that watch it now, like if they just don't think the movie kind of resonates because it's so dated, but. So you're saying like new, the, the the younglings of today, yeah, like, that don't, don't know any better. They're right. the ones looking at these movies. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we went to Blade right now, 25th anniversary. We celebrated it yesterday. I wouldn't be surprised if Blade's scores are horrible. But don't read it out because that might lead us to another video. <laughs> but I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but yeah, Rotten Tomatoes launched on August 12th, 1998. Oh, so right around the same time. Okay. 
Yeah. Sumo says maybe it's forty-seven percent for theatrical. I still think I still think that's low for theatrical. I mean, this is out of one hundred, man. Like this is out of a hundred. So we're gonna go around the room. We're gonna go around the room. I think we all know, or or or, or we'll, I don't know. Maybe we'll have some last-minute choices here. Who knows? It's all welcome here. Why? Because we're not assholes. <laughs> Eric, is it? Really that bad? 37% out of 100 replacement killers. No, I don't even think it's really that close. All right. Anubis. Nope. It's 90, <laughs> 97%, man. I told you in the comments. This is like one of my favorite movies. So There you go. All right. Now, hmm, what do we got here? We don't know. We don't know. Where, where's Kyle going to go? Kyle, is it really... That bad, 37% out like re- of 100. I remember talking about how we talked about, like, with everyone, he never, they didn't let him act, but now knowing even more and even rewatching the extended cut, and the fact that the extended cut is the only cut out now, which is yeah. kind of sad, but the film deserves more, literally deserves more, and yeah. yeah. It is not that bad at all. It still holds up with the action. It still holds up with the great acting. It yeah. just holds up in all aspects. So, yeah, yeah, it's Copy that. still great. Yep. Copy that. And you, you all know what I'm going to say. This movie's trash. I fooled and trolled all of you. I set you, I set you all up. This is the worst movie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it's 37% is horrendous. It is, it is absolutely horrendous. Horrendous. And here we go. A lot of people have said that. I'm sure it's debatable with Corrupter, but that's fine because both movies are good. I'll have to go back to Corrupter. I, I, when I first saw it, I was, and it was right after Replacement Killer. So I was like, yeah. really, I was I really was bored with it. Right so there with like, you. Yeah. So I may have to go back and revisit it just to see if I feel different. Yeah, right there it. with you, man. I was the same because I wanted some replacement killer's action but it's not there's not really that much action in it but it, for a crime for crime action drama it's pretty good wasn't but, wasn't Wahlberg on the opposite end of that yeah i actually yeah. didn't mind him i actually didn't mind him uh but yes and again those who have those who have thought this was worth 37 percent or lower uh again you, you're forgetting about films like bulletproof monk you're forgetting about films of you know was it pirates of the caribbean 3 where giant fat was on they made tons of movie posters for his character and he was in the movie for five minutes and he died <laughs> people forget about dragon i mean jamie chung the movie all right people forget and i'm sure there's a lot more from i can't remember right now you know uh they, they did not go so well he had he had a horrible agent i don't know what happened to china fat's agent <laughs> the second half of his american career uh but uh yeah yeah put that in perspective Yes, here we go. Yeah. Yeah, he knows what's up. Shin Batman knows what's up. Put that in perspective the next time you shit all over the replacement. Right. <laughs> all right. Well, this was awesome. I'm so glad everybody was able to make it and bring in their own uh, knowledge and behind-the-scenes talk. It was always a blast. This is what this channel is all about, having fun talking movies. And, uh, yeah, y'all know what you need to do. Check the links in the description box below. Follow the Asian movie enthusiasts follow eric phenomenal content this guy knows his shite and for metal and horror and everything badass 
Y'all want to check. Subscribe to DJ Anubis, baby. Check those links. That's right. Check and follow Kyle Wong on his filmmaking journey on Instagram, baby. And hey, if you enjoy But if you guys enjoyed yourselves, I hope you make I hope I'm making you laugh, then it's all worth it. If you enjoyed yourself and you're new here, hey, hang out more with the samurai guy and subscribe yes like share the video yeah we have fun here we got more content on the way check that urban that's right action showcase experience link see if there's some cool merch you want to check out there brian take care all of you guys are awesome i'm glad you thought the movie was dope keep on clapping there you go keep on watching movies having a great time that's what it's all about and i'll see you guys on the next one take care All right.